the Pro Wrestling Bowl. 35 short stories, including Harley Race, Ricky Morton, Tracy Smothers, and Tim Storm. Along with 300 photos from the independent scene. Taken from Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama. Get your book today by going to WrestleVille.com or LanceByChance.com. WrestleVille, it's where wrestling lives. Are you a fan of pro wrestling, comedy, and combat sports? Then we have the podcast for you, because we cover that and much, much more. Do you like to debate with your friends? Do we have the perfect segment for you? It's the 531, where we take any given subject, break it down to a top five. From there, we debate it down to three, and then into that number one spot. If you want to get a hold of us, find us on our social media. Search Working Fans Podcast on any major social media platform. And if you want to find the podcast, search for us on any major podcast platform as well as YouTube. Working Fans Podcast. We put in the work so you don't have to. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the number is 82 Designs. 482 Designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82 Designs, at F-O-U-R, 82 Designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, Go to four82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's a light years better than our first one. Also, we survived the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Combat Cast coming at you. Chevy's away on personal leave this week, so we got AJ Strange Brew in the house. We're going to talk a little boxing. Bada bing, bada boom, the realest guys in the room. How you doing? I'm doing great. I can't wait to talk about boxing's greatest matches, especially WrestleMania 2. I believe it was Piper versus Mr. T. People Pity are going to be fool. hanging and banging, hanging and banging. Pity the fool. Pity the fool. I like that. We're going to talk about boxing this week. And right away, to set the tone, since Chevy's not here, you're here, we're going to get as authentic as we can by me talking about Cass and Enzo Cohen and you bringing up Piper and Mr. T. We're going to lay the groundwork of what we do here when me and AJ do this. I would like to clarify right away also, these are going to be the matches that we enjoyed, not necessarily the greatest matches of all time, but they're going to be the greatest boxing matches and something that meant things to us as people right. growing up and now. Right. AJ a fan of boxing. And he's just also more fan of some historical boxing. Like, I would say you saw some boxing when you were a kid like I did. But you went out at some point in your life, you went down some rabbit holes and got interested in old-time boxing and maybe some of the political aspects of it even. Yeah, I like the... I do like the political aspects of it because boxing is very much a political game. You can be the greatest boxer in the world, and if you don't have the right promoter in your corner, the right person pushing you, then you're going to be the greatest boxer working in a little club in New York City for the rest of your life and not necessarily ever seen by the mainstream. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, not only that political, but I mean, if you go to historical boxing, God, wasn't it? It was a Joe Lewis who beat some of the famous German fighters that were like Hitler's. Yeah, Joe Joe Lewis, obviously, his big one was against Max Schmeling right before the beginning of World War II. And that set the tone for America versus Germany in World War II. You had this black heavyweight boxer going up against the Aryan fighter in Max Schmeling. Now, Max Schmeling, if you actually talk to him, never actually felt that way he was not a person who necessarily agreed with what hitler was doing however he became the face of boxing under hitler so therefore there's a lot of history to it not only that but let's talk you can talk about jack johnson and being an african-american and fighting the way that he had to fight at the turn of last century the man was stripped of his title because he married a white woman and crossed state lines with her so he ended up having to give his belt away and actually throw a fight to give the belt away not just get stripped of it but he had to go in the ring for and actually carry a white boxer and basically make the guy look good and give up the title uh-huh. that way. He had to throw the fight. Yeah, he had to actually literally throw the fight in order to give the belt away. Right. It wasn't because... It wasn't like the political Muhammad Ali where they stripped him of the title because he didn't want to go to war and believed in peace. And yeah. But it was more of an actual just straight racism. Hey, you got to go in there and make this white fighter look fantastic. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, my dad, he was a fan of Muhammad Ali. And as you know, my dad went to Vietnam, Korea. His thoughts always were that Muhammad Ali didn't just dodge a draft. He went through the political system and he fought it that way. And so he always respected that aspect of Muhammad Ali. Now, there is a whole generation of... I don't really feel that way. I was going to say, there's a whole generation of primarily white boxing fans that to the day that they died would call him Cassius Clay instead of Muhammad Ali because of whatever their racist views were and because of whatever their political stances were. They just refused to call the man Muhammad Ali. And it's just sickening to think that that was something that happened in that time period. What I'm wondering too, though, before we get to some list here, Muhammad Ali with the Cassius Clay thing. Now, Ali being a big pro wrestling fan. Ali, who was, I think even talked about maybe somewhere, about how he borrowed stuff from Gorgeous George into getting people to hate him. Would you say that these racist white people, too, who wanted to call him Cassius Clay, Ali would maybe lean into that a little bit, you know, like antagonize them and, hey, get them to pay money to try to see him get beat up. One of the reasons why his fights drew the way that they did was because he used that professional wrestling style of promo. And he grew up in the Louisville, Kentucky area. And in that Louisville, Kentucky area, you're talking about a lot of seeing a lot of that racism as a child. And he had watched on TV guys like Gorgeous George. And when he watched that, he saw how he could push the limits and push the buttons with his flamboyancy, which also came across to those same people who would hate him for being black. A lot of them disliked George because of his flamboyancy. And he leaned into that and used it to draw money. Absolutely. A different era, Randy. We appreciate you noticing AJ's fashion sense for our wrestling fans there. Steve Macklin. Oh, well, you know, Macklin's got a very large fan base, so I like to really <laughs> go to the, really aim for that people. Yeah, aim for the <laughs> the casuals. Yeah, I would say too, and just before again, one more thing before we get to these lists of ours, talking about the pro wrestling boxing connection a little bit too. I mean, this just continues to this day. Like Floyd Mayweather was involved in WrestleMania. He clearly gets it. He, Floyd Mayweather, one of the greatest fighters of all time, but he really started to gain attention when he basically took on the persona of Floyd Money Mayweather. 
Uh, same thing with the Gypsy King. I mean, both of them really understand what it takes to get people to tune in and to pay money to see them. People to this day still will go, oh, you can't consider Floyd Mayweather the best. He couldn't knock anyone out. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. He would go late in the rounds. He did what it took to draw money. He knew that if he knocked everybody out, and I'm not saying he could knock everybody out, but if he knew that if he knocked everybody out in the first round, you're only going to get so much of a buy rate. Whereas making the matches and making you believe leave the person's got a chance is how you draw money and get into this too canelo triple g i'll just answer that real quick because i do want to touch on this at the end of the day canelo fought well but he fought an older version of triple g and i think we thought this was probably what was going to happen at this point yeah at this point they're both quite frankly older than they were in the first fight which was absolutely amazing and it's not what it once was unfortunately to me it's kind of like pacquiao versus mayweather we're never going to see the fight that we actually wanted to see from them because we're never going to see Pacquiao and Mayweather in their primes versus each other. Even that shell of a fight that we eventually did see was nowhere near what it should have been. I think sometimes because I'm a historical boxing fan that people forget that I still watch boxing, but I do still to this day enjoy boxing. I just don't talk about it quite as much as I talk about wrestling, unfortunately. Well, and I just want to lean into what you're saying. One more thing, too. Like you talked about Mayweather not being the guy that knocks everybody out, but he still did what he had to do, and he drew money. Chael Sonnen in MMA, same thing. He didn't have the most exciting fighting style, but he talked a lot of trash. He drew people in. But there's been a few boxers and fighters like that. Same yeah. thing when it comes to Roy Jones, Jones Jr. Everybody, yeah. when it comes to Roy Jones Jr., oh, he didn't knock people out. The guy won championships at multiple weight levels. One of the most impressive fighters of all time. And the thing that people still say is, yeah, but he didn't knock anyone out. Yeah, I, that's what it boils down to. And that goes back to history. Uh, so many boxers who borrowed from pro wrestling. Even, like you said, Tyson Fury, who clearly, clearly gets it. But, yeah, I think, you know, we're talking a little bit about history of boxing as it relates to pro wrestling, some of the historical stuff. Would you like to go with your list first, or you want me to go? Absolutely. So okay. my first fight is going to be the one that really made me love boxing in the first place. And it's 1981, September 16th. It's Sugar Ray Leonard versus Thomas Hearns, the hitman. This match, to me, this this fight itself is what boxing is all about. You got Sugar Ray who was giving up the reach advantage and a little bit of the lankiness to Thomas Hearns. So Hearns had to try to keep him to the outside and keep him away a little bit. And then you had one of the best scientific and technical fighters of all time, Sugar Ray Leonard. And he came inside and the match was just aggressive. They stuck to it. You had a couple rounds in the sixth and seventh round where Leonard really did just outbox him by getting in close. But at the end of it, the technical stoppage they had to stop the fight because Hearns just at that point was just too much for Leonard and it was just an incredible fight from bell to bell I did not pick that fight on my list but I do want to say that's one of my earliest boxing memories as well I remember Ray Leonard making the comeback and that Ray Leonard I became a big fan of and there's some other fights where Ray's gonna make my list and maybe he'll make your list too I don't know but like that fight too for me was also the earliest memory me and AJ are about the same age of course too but <laughs> just say it go ahead another one of my favorite fights is actually a little bit more recent it is 17 years ago and I so it's weird that I say a little bit more recent <laughs> but Diego Corrales versus Jose Luis Castillo this is a fight from May 7th 2005 if you ever want to see just a great fight these two literally beat the crap out of each other for 10 rounds at the end of the fight in the final round it looks like castillo has got the fight one he knocks down corrales twice corrales staggers to his feet and actually hits him with a miraculous punch out of 
nowhere and just knocks out El Terrible and it's just done from there and they had to call the fight there. It's just, if you want to see one of those fights that just will make you love how spontaneous boxing can be, that's the fight to watch for you, I'm telling you. Go and check that one out. Foreman versus Ron Lyle is another one of my favorite ones from January 24th of 1976. This is just such a showcase of what George Foreman could do in his prime. George Foreman, unfortunately, either gets remembered as the old man who came back selling grills, or he's remembered for losing to Muhammad Ali. But if you want to see why George Foreman was as dangerous as he was, and why people thought that he could compete with Muhammad Ali watch him versus Ron Lyle you'll love the fight yeah and I'll say this too with Ron Lyle because I got to see this fight later in my life too I was not aware how strong Ron Lyle was and you're going to see how hard he hits ultimately Foreman does win the fight but they take turns knocking each other down they beat the crap out of each other it looks like the it looks like they're hitting each other with cinder blocks, for Christ's sake. <laughs> it is a spectacle. Foreman versus Frazier, October 30th, 1974. It's the Rumble in the Jungle, baby. If you don't, if, if this is not in your top oh, five. Sorry, I meant. Rumble in the Jungle. The, it's the Rumble in the Jungle. It's absolutely incredible. And it's punching power. This is the one where Muhammad Ali tells you flat out the reason why I won the fight is because Foreman hit me so hard early in the match. My body went numb, and I just actually didn't feel punches after that. Right. So right. so he actually literally was able to rope a dope him because he didn't feel any of the pain afterwards. Right. Like his arms started to go numb. He was hitting his arms a lot yeah, of times. A- yeah. Absolutely incredible. I think this is that this is one of the fights that led to the nerve damage that eventually helped with his Parkinson's a little bit mm. because he did that rope a dope style and people forget how great Muhammad Ali was and how much damage he could just take. Now I gotta tell you, this was a hard one for me because I, I almost wanted to put the Jake rule into effect. Because when it came down to my number five match there were two matches that i was debating back and forth with and i'm not going to pull the jake rule and actually put both of them on there i'm actually leaving off muhammad ali and frazier because it didn't actually mean as much to me as this fight did this is my number one fight in my number it's my number five spot but my number one fight is marvin Hagler versus thomas hearns Mm. this is a different fight than sugar ray versus the hitman this one is just two guys once again beating the living hell out of each other and just going at it and this was april 15th 1985 it is absolutely incredible it lasted for three rounds but it's literally an eight minute slugfest just beating the living hell out of each other standing toe to toe and then Hagler ends up winning it in the third round with a right hand followed by two uppercuts just an exciting fight. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. Great fight. Awesome fight. One of the real classic brawls. Even if you're not a big boxing fan, you'll enjoy this. This is what I get to these comments before I read my <laughs> list. So first off, Randy breaking the news. Yes, Fury is fighting Joshua. Very excited to see that. Although to me, Joshua has looked a little off a step. He's lost a couple fights recently. I don't think that fight means what it once did, but it will be big probably in Europe. And Joshua Board, I ain't going to at you, brother. <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, big show. It was a spectacle. And if you go to Vegas in one of the lounges, like they have like a wall for Floyd Mayweather for some of his stuff. And they actually have the outfit he wore against Big Show. So <laughs> Floyd gets it. Well, let's, let's talk about the fact that he just busted the Big Show's nose. And the Big Show just keeps going like he didn't even... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Big Show was going to murder him for busting yeah. his nose. That was some good stuff. Now, I'll get to my list here. I also have Hagrid Hearns. That was number two on my list, but I'm just going to tell you that now. So I had it for basically the same reason AJ did. I thought it was just a classic brawl. It's also one of those fights that 
it transcends boxing. Like, it's just that kind of a brawl. And if you're not a big boxing fan, you don't like the science of boxing, but you just want to see guys that are like, you want to see violence, check out Hagmer Hearts. Yeah, I think Big Show is alive somewhere now. I think he's elite or something like that. So <laughs> keep an eye out for a Big Show, Paul White. Here's a fight that just means something. I watched this fight with my dad. This was also a brawl. I ran Barkley and Roberto Duran. Barkley was a guy, I believe he had one of those like WBO titles at the time. And he was good, but he just never reached that level of like uh, a Duran or a Leonard or a Hearns. But here he was fighting Duran, who Duran had took time off already, was kind of past his pilot, but Duran came back. And stylistically, these two just beat the crap out of each other. This was one of those fights, too. It actually wasn't on pay-per-view because they didn't, you know, think it was going to be like that many people would watch it. And it ended up being like, I don't know if it was USA, ESPN or something. And it was just awesome. I still remember watching it with my dad late at night. Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagwa, because I remember Hearns and Leonard going at it, and I remember kind of being it, but it was the Hagwa-Leonard fight that super got me pumped up because it was all around. Every news media source was covering this at the time because Leonard had been away with an eye injury for a little while, and we weren't sure what kind of Sugar Ray came back, and people thought Hagra would handle him easily. That did not happen. Now, it is arguable that Hagra won the fight. If you watch it, I think Hagra did win the fight in retrospect, but Leonard put on such a performance and he put on such a style of fight in certain rounds, you can see where judges thought, okay, Ray Leonard won this fight. It was masterfully well, done. Well, I think the judges also went a little bit with their hearts in that one, too. Don't get me wrong. Stylistically, I could see what one, I agree with you. I, I, I think Hagler won the fight also. Yeah. To me, in that fight, they definitely voted a little bit with their heart. And while the style of Leonard definitely showed up, to me, Hagler's a straight-up winner in that fight. Yeah. I think Leonard just got to be flashy in certain rounds, and I think that won some points possibly too. But whatever the case, though, one little side note of this. Out of all the guys I talked about before, about Duran coming back to fight, Leonard coming back to fight, Marvin Hagler never fought again after this. He was so disgusted with boxing and this decision, he never returned. And that sometimes can also be that political side of boxing. Yeah. <laughs> now, two last fights. Holyfield Tyson, the initial one. I was a Holyfield guy. I thought it was always interesting. This guy was never really recognized at the time. He was like being a great heavyweight, and people thought he wasn't going to be. Is that the one that we were at Jeff Way's house for? I was getting to that, too. I think we might have been for both of them. We were definitely there for this one. I don't think you were there for the second one. I, I might have been where Holyfield got his ear bit. But this initial fight where Holyfield just won, and I remember the gentleman AJ's talking about, his dad, was super into Tyson. And we kind of played it cool because this guy was kind of volatile. We didn't feel like dealing with that. But I knew I could tell AJ and I were both thinking at the same time, like, I'm going for Holyfield in this. <laughs> I want Holyfield to win. And it was hard not to be excited. Like, we tried to tell him that. But, like, it was super cool watching Holyfield put in that work and basically outclass Mike Tyson in that fight. Well, one of the ones that almost made my list, just because it's one of my funnest ones to go back and watch, is actually the Buster Douglas versus Tyson. Just because Tyson was such a monster in that time period. Yeah. And how many whiny Tyson fans there were right afterwards. It was just absolutely, it's one of my funnest ones to go back and watch. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, Tyson was a monster. He's got a lot of fans. It's great. But at the time, too, like, he did not take him seriously. And Buster Douglas fought the fight of his life. So, and the last fight on my list, a fight that basically kind of got me back into boxing in the last few years, the first ever Tyson Fury Dante Wilder fight. 
Wilder coming in, the big powerhouse. Everybody figured he'd knock him out. The initial fight was a draw, but this was the fight that Tyson Fury basically outboxed him for most of the fight, but got knocked down a couple times, including basically being out, but just rose up at the count of eight like The Undertaker and just started fighting like nothing had stopped him and just says so much about Fury. Like he instinctively went back into boxing mode once he gained consciousness. Yeah, that's not easy to do. And those are, that is a great fight. They're all fun fight. And one of the things that's fun about these lists is the fact that there are so many great fights that mean so much to us on different levels. It's hard to just pick certain fights for different reasons. And on any given day, there could be a different five fights that we choose because you're talking about something that's over 200 years of history that at any time you could actually pick, oh my God, well, you know what? I remember this John L. Sullivan and you're like, oh yeah, that's great stuff. They fought for 40 rounds. That's incredible. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it is there's definitely a lot of history in boxing just like pro wrestling not as much for mma mma still relatively new that's about 25 years i believe now or close to it but guys this is the combat cast chevy will be back next week we are going to be previewing Dern versus Jan, and then the following week we'll come up with something because there's no ufc right then i believe and we'll have some fun stuff coming in the future for you we're always working on stuff aj I, thank you for sitting I, in with I, this week no, it was great, and I think that Dern versus Yawn <laughs> is going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's not actually a very exciting card, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll be back in the future with me and Sheva Rudy. Sheva Rudy, if you catch this, shout out to your brother. Hope you're doing well. The team, and again, thanks for tuning in to the Combat Cast. We'll see you at the fights, guys. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at Fans Working. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's Working Fans Wrestling Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Working Fans Wrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 